gently git I heard a copy calling Hello and welcome to the Cop Table podcast. I'm your host, Peter Phillips. On tonight's show, we have Billy Taylor. Billy is a West Ham fan, currently working for Propeller TV as a, a video editor and also the boot room. Football as a, as a columnist, and you can, you can see him on Twitter, at uh, TBR Football. Is that right, Bill? Yeah, that's correct. So tonight it's just myself and Billy. We've had a few problems. Uh, we couldn't get Dan Roach on, unfortunately. He was having a few technical issues and... Um, Peter's away as well tonight, so it's just myself and Bill taking you through the the West Ham preview. So, looking back to Saturday's game, Bill, against Arsenal, it wasn't pretty, was it? But um, give us your thoughts on where it all went wrong for the Hammers on Saturday. Well, you said you wanted to look back towards the game. I don't think any West Ham fan anywhere would want to do that, quite frankly. Um, yeah, it was all going okay. Well, for the first half, we was only 1-0 down, I believe. And then it all started to go a bit pear-shaped from there. Essentially, what we had going on was a 5-4-1 sort of thing, 5-2-3, something along those lines. It was a bit crazy, where we had one of our centre midfielders playing at right back because we didn't have no Sam Byram and um, no one else to really cover that position. So, yeah, we was having Ed Milson play there, and uh, that's not really his strongest position. So he got caught out quite a few times. And when you're playing against Arsenal, they've got terrific wingers. You've got Oxlade-Chamberlain, Walcott, Sanchez, of course, who is a... Uh, the main player that day. So it's just a combination of those guys there playing in their strongest positions on the wing whilst we haven't got our full-strip defenders with us and therefore we're taking advantage of. Also, the fact that uh, West Ham's run of form currently isn't great, that's a bit of an understatement. And playing against a, a full-strength Arsenal side, well, not exactly full-strength, but full-strength in comparison to West Ham United, there was only going to be one outcome, and that one outcome was a very hefty defeat, unfortunately. Yeah, and just going toward, towards the stadium and talking about all that sort of thing and the move over from um, from Upton Park, a lot of people are saying that this is playing a major part in West Ham's form at the moment. Is that something that you'd agree with, Bill? Well, at the end of the day, I think it's all a bit of an over-exaggeration to hide some deeper underlying problems. At the end of the day, when you're playing on the football pitch, you don't really care what it is. Obviously, the atmosphere is slightly different in the Olympic Stadium just because it's a it's a bigger arena. Fans are further away from the pit. All the seating regulations that's gone on, all of that hoo-ha, that's kind of contributed to a lack of atmosphere at the stadium. I heard Ian Wright saying that it felt absolutely quiet in there when West Ham were playing Arsenal, and that's not something that you normally get from a West Ham United game. Normally you get lots of cheering, lots of abuse from the fans as well, uh, and lots of noise in general. Normally they call it the 12th man, don't they? But um, it's not really something I believe in, but obviously it can make a subtle difference. But no, I just think, you've seen in history how new teams always go to new stadiums, and they need a while to adjust. It may just be a, a transitional period for West Ham. Uh, the aim is to stay in our brand new shiny stadium and uh, not have to deal with the championship because I imagine that'll be some sort of financial disaster. I'm not a financial expert, but I see it'll be uh, something on those lines, unfortunately. But um, I don't think it's completely massive football ability. I mean, like, where you play football doesn't factor your football ability. Speaking of bad results, but obviously the weekend there for West Ham is not as bad as Liverpool's result, considering the, the magnitude of Bournemouth's comeback. And obviously Liverpool's 
and table obviously going for the title what's on that well to be honest with you Bill I, I've broken my analysis of the game down into four parts and I was going to be asking Dan Roach the first one I was going to mention to him was did he think it was a, a mistake to start with Lucas at centre back instead of um, a fully fledged centre half in, in Ragnar Clavin my opinion is Yes, it was a mistake. I think Clavan should have played at centre back, as obviously Lucas is a is a centre midfield player and is is a stopgap central defender at best. So that's the first thing I think Jurgen Klopp could have changed. The second thing is I think we are our own worst enemy when it comes to to shutting up shop, especially at at three one even a two nil at half time, and then you go they score and then you go three one up. We really should have just shut up shop but what Liverpool did is is they panicked and let Bournemouth back into the game and really the, the it was a shambles the second half because because of the fact that they, they panicked and they crumbled so so easily. I just think it it was crying out for a little bit of experience to come on off the bench and help help the other lads along and, and basically we didn't really have it. We had Trent Alexander-Arnold on the bench. We had Ben Woodburn, Ajari, um, Avaria. There's another lad who was on the bench. And then you're looking at Alberto Moreno and um, and Adam Lallana. So I just think that there was a lot a lot of um, problems that Jürgen Klopp had to contend with yesterday. And the fact also that Loris Karius has not hit the ground running at all, in my opinion. He's looked shaky. At best, he hasn't he hasn't convinced me whatsoever as to his uh, his goalkeeping credentials. Shall we say he's a lot of people are saying it, give him a chance. Look at De Gea, where his first season at Manchester United and he was all over the place, and then he's come good second season. He, he's built himself up, but I just think at the moment uh, there's a lot of heat on him. And Simon Mignolet didn't do anything wrong to to lose his place in the team, in my opinion. And I just think, this is just my own personal opinion, that Simon Mignolet should now be at least given a chance to, to show what he can do because Loris Karius is not is not doing that. I don't know whether, did you see the game yourself yesterday, Bill? Uh, I only saw the highlights, I'm afraid, so um, I couldn't really give you a full analysis. But um, what appeared to be happening is Liverpool seemed to dominate the first half completely. You tend to rest on your laurels in this sort of situation. Yeah, it may just be that sort of um, lack of experience um, when going for a title challenge. We know we saw it back in uh, 2013, I think it was, back when uh, Luis Suarez was about and um, still playing for Liverpool. How they sort of crumbled towards the end, and it's maybe the pressure's now on them to kind of like they've definitely got a chance of winning the title now. It's now quite a, a serious thing, so maybe it's getting to that stage where they're feeling the pressure a bit more. Yeah, and another point that I'd like to make about yesterday's game is that. A lot of Liverpool fans don't seem to think that Jurgen Klopp is above criticism, shall we say? Or they, they seem to think that he's above criticism. Now, this for me is um, is a dangerous thing, really, because if you're going to get complacent about Jurgen Klopp and his managerial skills, honest, obviously he's a he's a top class, world class manager. But if you look at it from another angle, Klopp's also got to be kept on his toes and we, we can't be doing this too often, playing this sort of football and then just crumbling and not not doing anything in the second half and basically letting teams run all over us. We can't do this too too often without paying for it in the long term. And, and Jürgen Klopp, although it's not a criticism, he, he can be questioned. The couple of the questions are, is Loris Karius up to the job and should... Lucas Lever have played as in the centre back position alongside 
Dejan Lovren, who, who seems to be a lot more comfortable with, with obviously Matip, who was injured, but he doesn't. He seems to want to play his own game, Lovren, and then when he's got Lucas either side of him, he's he's also watching his game. So if Clavan was in there, he's a lot more experienced. He probably wouldn't have had to keep an eye on on the situation as much as he did with with Lucas. So I think Jurgen Klopp has got a slight blame in the in the. The four-three defeat, not entirely to blame because it's, he's not on the pitch. It's the it's the eleven players out there who, who've come away with with zero points. But I think the Klopp can certainly be uh, be questioned. Would you? Is that something that you would agree with, Bill? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, like uh, we have the same situation here at West Ham United, where um, some people think that Slaven Bilic is a, is above criticism just because he's a former player and he done so well in his first season that. We can now sort of look at him and go like, oh, well, well, we're near the relegation zone, but it's OK because we've got Slav and he'll eventually get us out of it. Um, it's now a stage in football where managers get often get sacked for losing or like not winning within like eight games or something along those lines. The tenure of the football manager in the Premier League average must have gone down dramatically in the last five years or so. So um, even though Klopp's a fantastic manager, obviously you still got to criticise him when, whenever he does something wrong. And um, you you can't really see him leaving Liverpool at all this season. But obviously, if these uh, results against, no offence to Bournemouth fans, but lower league teams like Bournemouth, or mid-table teams, shall I say, if they continue, then you've really got to question uh, Klopp's credentials. Because with the team that Liverpool have, they should really be aiming for top three at least. So if they don't get to that position, or if they have another season where they're around to the fifth, sixth, seventh mark, then you have got to start... uh, looking at him and wondering what more could be done to actually make Liverpool players play to the best of their ability. Yeah, what I will say about Jurgen Klopp is he's uh, he's obviously only been in the job for just over 12 months and his last defeat before yesterday was was against Burnley early on in the season. So he seems after the defeat that, that he does seem to arrest the situation straight away and go on a long unbeaten run, which, um, fingers crossed, he, he will continue to do that but um, it's not all doom and gloom because obviously he's a, he is a, a world-class manager like you say and he's very early into his, his tenure at Liverpool Football Club he's only a year into I think he's just signed a six or, or seven year deal back in, in the summer hasn't he so he, he's in it for the long term and a lot there was maybe a bit of a, an overreaction to yesterday's performance up but like you say the magnitude of the defeat really hit home with with Liverpool fans and obviously there's there's other teams in and around Liverpool now looking at that result and saying well if if Bournemouth can beat them and come back in a game like that then why do we have to sit back against Liverpool maybe we can also go and take points off them so there's there's another um, angle that, that you can look at it so going back over to the to the West Ham side of things Bill how have the new players of uh, of West Ham settled into the club? Uh, to tell you the truth, Peter, if we had a full strength lineup, none of our summer signings would get into that um, starting eleven. Um, I think what uh, Bilic has done is sign players who would be great squad players for Europa League, but of course we're not in the Europa League anymore. So now we've we've got a squad of good average players, but no one who can really like set the world alight. So we've got players like Edmilson Fernandez, the new the new young guy that came in who was at fault for a few of the goals uh, on the weekend. He seems like quite a promising talent, but obviously not there yet. Uh, Simeon Zaza and uh, Gokhan Torre, who are possibly the some of the worst players to ever don the West Ham United strip. They've been utter disappointments. Uh, Sifion Faguli, 
who uh, came from Valencia, had quite a pedigree on him. Uh, unfortunately, hasn't lived up to potential. He seemed quite good in his opening few games, but since then has kind of uh, faded away, which uh, has been a bit unfortunate for him. We had quite a few more, as I recall. We signed um, Manuel Lanzini on a full-term deal, which was probably the best bit of business we've done that summer. Oh, also, Andre Ayew, who came in for £20 million, hasn't really done much, but to be fair to him, he's been injured for most of his uh, West Ham career. So overall, um, West Ham signings haven't really been uh, that impressive. Um, Ashley Fletcher seems to be doing okay for himself. He's now starting up top for West Ham uh, due to a massive striker crisis that we have at the moment, you know. And Carroll's only come back into the in from the the injury room, so that's good. And um, Diafrasato Diafrasako seems to be doing well, but he's injured at the moment as well. So unfortunately, yeah, the signings aren't really that great in terms of um, where West Ham should be aiming for, which is um, top seven, ideally. Um, how about the signings for Liverpool, Peter? What do you reckon about their new signing? Well, yeah, like I mentioned before, the guy Matip, who, who's come in, I don't think we've lost the game while he's um, while he's been on the pitch. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's he's a six six foot five centre back who we who we got on a free transfer from from Schalke, and he's he's just took to the Premier League like like a duck to water. Really, he's he's come in, he's calm, he's composed on the ball, wins headers, he's. He's qu- pretty quick as well as on the floor, so he's got a lot about his game. He, he's like a, he's like a twenty five million thirty pound uh, thirty million pound centre back who, who we've managed to get on a free transfer, which is an absolutely fantastic piece of business by uh, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. Other players who come in, Mane obviously is another one who's at the ground running. Been fantastic as our top scorer at the moment. Very very quick. Knows where the goal is. Other players that that's come in, Carius is is the goalkeeper, obviously, and he's like I mentioned before, he's not convinced me as of yet. But he he's only played nine game, I think it's nine games up to now for Liverpool. So there's a lot of a um, lot of room for improvement with with Loris Carius. But hopefully, with experience in the Premier League, and if Klopp did take him out now at the moment, I think it probably would shatter his confidence. Even though my opinion is that Minulay should be given. A run of games to to see what he can do. Basically, um, another one's Genie Wijnaldum, who's come in. He's looked he's looked okay. He hasn't put a foot wrong. Really, he's he likes to get the ball over, turn turn the ball over quickly. He's he's one of them players who doesn't seem to panic. He's one of the ones who who didn't panic yesterday and was trying to still trying to do things while while Bournemouth was was trying to swarm all over us. Basically. Some of the young lads coming through are looking good as well, Bill. You've got the likes of Ben Woodburn and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who, who played against Leeds in midweek in the League Cup. Both of them put in great performance. You've probably heard that Woodburn broke Michael Owen's record of being Liverpool's youngest ever goal scorer. And Alexander, uh, yeah. Yeah, Alexander-Arnold put in a fantastic cross for, for Divock Origi to, to score the first goal. So there's a lot of a lot of positives for Liverpool this season. Um, new signings, to a majority of them have done well, although Clavin's what another one who's not had much of a chance. Um, but he was he's bought in as a as a cover player really. And the only other one is Alex Manninger, who's our third choice goalkeeper who's um I think he's basically just been brought into be a sort of father figure for Carius and uh, and Simon Minulay because he hasn't um, had a chance to get near the first team yet and he's, he's like 39, 40 years of age. So I think he's there to warm the gloves up and make the lads uh, a cup of coffee after training. 
Right, okay yeah. then, Bill, moving back over to the West Ham side of things on Saturday, what sort of tactics is Slaven Bilic likely to employ and do you think he'll be slightly adventurous looking back at the Bournemouth results and what do you think he'll come and try and basically two banks of four and, and, and shut up shop and hopefully try and nick a point? What do you think he'll, he'll do? Uh, well, I don't think he's going to go for the two banks of four because uh, I don't believe we've played that for quite a long time this season. We've mainly been playing with the three in defence, two wing backs, uh, two in the middle, and uh, two wingers and a striker up the front. So uh, I think he might want to try and do the same again, but obviously try and push forward this time because uh, we haven't really got much to lose. We just five one to Arsenal, so um, you kind of need to do everything you can to kind of uh, show that you're still a force to be reckoned with. Um, which West Ham certainly are, there's no doubt about that, but it's just at the moment we're having quite a lot of uh, confidence issues. So I reckon you want to try and attack uh, Liverpool's defence because that seems to be their weakest area. Um, obviously, the attack's very strong, so we're obviously going to concede a few goals, I imagine. So we're going to have to compensate by trying to attack uh, uh, the goalkeeper. He's uh, been a bit shaky, so we may as well try and uh, go for that. So we'll have uh, Antonio Bowman down the wing, Pia, Lanzini and Andy Carroll all coming at you. So hopefully they'll manage to score a few goals, we'd hope. We'd also few. it could be quite a feisty match in the end. Yeah, talking about Andy Carroll, is uh, is he likely to be fit for the game? I know we came off the bench, didn't he, against, against Arsenal. Do you think it'll be a similar situation or do you think he'll, he'll basically... I can't see Slaven Billich myself rushing him straight back into the starting lineup. Do you think it's going to be a case of him coming off the substitute bench again? Uh, no, I think he will start this time around. I mean, Fletcher's had a good run in the team, but it's it's at this time now where we're playing Liverpool and you kind of need a big, muscly striker to kind of like be a threatening force there. I mean, Fletcher's getting there, but he's certainly not a threatening force uh, for defenders to be uh, frightened of. So I think he, I think Andy Carroll will start there and he'll have uh, Payet and Lanzini alongside him and uh, Koyata and uh, Noble in midfield. I think Koyata's injured, actually. I won't I won't go too far into the lineup just because I don't know who's injured and who's not. It's very difficult to tell these days at West Ham. Yeah, he was one that that was noticeably absent for me on on Saturday. I was watching a little bit of the game with with my dad and my brother, and I said to him, "Where's the guy Kiyata? You you seem to yeah, yeah. He, he had a he had a great season last year, didn't he? He was he was box to box midfielder. Is he injured? Is he? Uh, yeah, he is at the moment. Unfortunately, we don't know when he'll be back. Um, I should uh, research this beforehand, but um, yeah, he, he's out for the foreseeable future, I think. Okay, and uh, the goalkeeping situation, Darren Darren Randolph started that game, didn't he? Is Adrian has he been has he been put on subs bench for a reason, or is is he had an injury? Uh, no, it's essentially a loss of form, really. And uh, Randolph was was obviously a, a key in a, in the Euros for Republic of Ireland, and he's a very good goalkeeper, so. It's always going to be a tough match between him and Adrian to see who's going to get the number one jersey. So it's Randolph's turn at the moment, just because uh, Adrian's been going through a bit of a loss of form, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, he he um, isn't starting at the moment. But Randolph's been playing very well. Adrian's been receiving a bit of criticism from West Ham fans, but Randolph seems to be uh, uh, quite liked among uh, most of us. So, yeah, he'll, he'll uh, 99% be starting the game against Liverpool. Yeah, because uh, I've seen, I think it was when he took a goal kick, he started to feel his groin, didn't he? But he stayed on for for the rest of the game. And Did he play against Liverpool last season? Because if he did, I think, if I remember rightly, he had a very good game. Was that in the FA Cup, was it? Uh, was that a 0-0? Uh, 
It might have been what the one when um, Ogbonna scored it late on, didn't he? And it was an extra time. I can't quite. Re- I think he did play quite a lot of our cup games, so it quite possibly would have been. But um, my memory doesn't really stretch that far, unfortunately. Yeah, from what what I can remember, uh, he had a he had a very good game against against Liverpool. Right. Okay, then, Bill. What we're going to do now is just before um, before we head off, I'm going to play uh, a song by our unsigned band or artist. And this week I've got a song by a, a band from the Scunthorpe area called Twisted Revolution, uh, a four-piece indie rock and roll band from Scunthorpe. The lads in the band are called Jordan Crichton, Joe Buttrick, Miles Henderson and Aidan Grocock. The lads have sent me uh, a song tonight to play for the for our listeners. It's called "It Only Rains," and that's by Twisted Revolution. Stones never broke your bones, but the words that you 
That was It's Only Rains by Twisted Revolution. Excellent band. You can check them out on Twitter. Their bio is at Twisted Revolt. Thanks very much, Bill, for joining us on the Cop Table podcast to preview the West Ham game. Pal? Uh, no problem at all, and uh, best of luck for the weekend. I hope you lose, but, you know, it's, it, it's all fair in uh, love and war, as they say. That's it, yeah. Thanks for um, for being so patient as well. Obviously, we had a few technical problems early on. So that's uh, our Cop Table podcast in association with Charlie's Chance of the game this coming Saturday. So thanks very much for listening and goodbye. We had high, we on the wing. We had dreams and songs to sing. Of the glory round the fields of Andrew Rome.